Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. This week, I sit down with the band OptiFlynn. If you did not hear their live set last week, go back, listen to it, or you can watch it on YouTube on Lower Gentry's channel. It was fantastic. We talk about their unique sound as well as their creative process. Enjoy our conversation. Thank you for taking the time to come in and do an interview after your performance inside of the theater at the Idaho Arts Charter School. Idaho Arts Charter School in Nampa. It was an awesome performance. Thanks for taking the time to chat about uh, the music that you guys write. Um, can we introduce yourself so listeners can connect a voice to a name? Yeah, so I'm Mike. Uh, I played saxophone and clarinet and synthesizers and guitars in the video. Right on. John? All right. I'm John. I play cello. I'm David. I play drums. And Jordan, and I did some singing and guitar playing and horn playing, and yeah, we had a, we had a wonderful time, didn't we? <laughs> Your guys' compositions are pretty complicated, I think, mm. by my assessment, because you're moving around instruments, um, and you also have a lot of movements in the songs. How do you guys write? What's your process? Do you come up with your your lyrics, the idea first? How does that how does that work? Well, it's become more of a collaborative thing between um, myself and Mike. I think we'll, we're reading some of the same stuff, the same novels, and we're saying, hey, check this out. You know, Marco Polo did what with Kublai Khan? And um, yeah, we just lyrically have kind of been on the same journey, journey for a year or two years or so. Um, shoot, with, with this new stuff... Um, I kind of came in with most of my songs written and Mike was writing songs and passing me lyrics. And he's like, hey, can you sing this? I'm like, well, I'd sing it, but maybe we got to change it this way. And yeah, we just um, hang out every couple weeks and toss around ideas and shoot. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think collaboration is probably a good, a good key to that. Because like even though Jordan and I write most of the words and the chords and the melodies, Dave does all the drum stuff and John does all the cello stuff. And there's a lot of really weird sounds that John creates <clears throat> that we kind of just like happen in a rehearsal one time. And then we're like, "Ooh, wait, that was that wasn't a mistake. That was really cool. Can you can you do that again? Can we talk about how how that was made? And then it kind of just like evolves into its its own thing. Mm. Um, some of the songs we played were like kind of brand newish pandemic stuff. Um, other stuff's probably like as old as like 2018, 17, 16 that, that we're working on. It's kind of just like mm. bits and pieces of stuff have fallen into a drawer and we've just been grabbing at the drawer and taking little things out and figuring out that actually this thing that we wrote years ago is really reflected by this thing we wrote just now, but we need to add another piece to finish, finish the puzzle. Okay, that's cool. I like that. I like the puzzle creation aspect of when you're trying to make a song. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my favorite part is when it, it starts to get old, you can hear it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it seems like in, in pop music to me, in a lot of types of pop music that I listen to, it's like, okay, they're, they're just going to like hammer this part of the song into your brain. <laughs> and so that's the only thing that you're going to be able to think about if you, mm. after, after like the third refrain, but you guys <laughs> seem to maneuver the, the tunes Try quite to a bit. avoid the chorus almost. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I'm always sidestepping it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's also like a left to right kind of approach to composing. Like if you're writing a pop song, you have an introduction then you have a hook and then you have a verse and then you have a chorus and it's kind of like a pre 
like a pre-written form almost. And usually once you write your hook, then that leads you to the chorus and then that leads you to the verse where this is kind of more like how, like we, we write kind of like how Stravinsky or like Aaron Copeland would write. And we just like jot down an idea and then stash it away for a while. And then when we're working on something, we need a new idea, go pull the old mm -hmm. idea out. You yeah, know, we're then grabbing themes from a lot of the material that we've been writing has been reoccurring mm -hmm. in the past year, for sure. Yep, and then there's an improvisation point to it also. Not not so much in the performances. The performances aren't super improvisation-based, but a lot of the melodies come out of improvisations okay. in a rehearsal. Like, we have an idea where there's there's something that happens here, but we don't know what it is yet. And so we just kind of like hammer out a 32 bar phrase or a 16 bar phrase and figure out, you know, that melody fit well this time, but maybe it actually belongs somewhere else in the song or, or vice versa. Right on. And so with the, the instrumentation, do you just kind of, does inspiration strike you and you just grab it and during the improvisation phase or do you try to shoehorn like a saxophone part in there or a trombone part versus a guitar well that that comes into play uh with some of the orchestration that we've we do we fully orchestrated one piece on our last project and this one i mean i'm i just finished up the horn parts for the original user and we have one entire piece on this new project that's completely orchestrated we just haven't played it yet so we we do kind of um take that traditional compositional approach of saying, yeah, this timbre is, is needed right here. These are how the voices are going to fit and we'll score it out with MIDI and, and try and mock it up when we can. Or okay. like this one, we're just going into the studio. We have these songs written and, you know, then bring us the wind players. We'll so, <laughs> so when you're, when you're composing, or excuse me, when you're have those ideas that you were talking about, quote unquote, your ideas, are you writing them down on paper? I just kind of imagine you all as like classically trained musicians, or at least being able I'll to like read record, music. record, uh, rehearsals all the time. And then okay. sometimes go home and dictate it or on my MIDI, um, keyboard, just played along with the recording and, okay. you know, and then save it. And then yeah. you just listen to the riffs later on and shoehorn them in, change the key. Yeah. Write them all, write them out on paper. I'll score them with pen and paper. Just that's how I've learned how to write music like that with lines. Oh, interconnecting nice. and then put it into the computer and make PDFs. From oh, okay. There. The, so no the notation is really more like a riff based notation. Like, I don't think we score the whole song, we I, I've never scored drum parts. Dave right. Dave just does <laughs> does all of that stuff. But like, well, I'll, I'll I'll score out like a little riff that I liked and maybe write it out just to have it to remember from and next time. But uh, yeah, it's not like concert band where we sit down and read like a piece of a sheet music at rehearsals or anything. Right on. Well, that's that's just a skill I wish I had because I'll have like a guitar line stuck in my head and I have to like bring my phone out and they don't have a good like <laughs> audio app. So I'm like recording a video of myself yeah. just being like, yep. doo, 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 it's doo, good doo. to know how to make yeah. blueprints and, you know, reference material for mm. things that happened in the past and, you know, yeah. combining elements on top of each other. And yeah. It's nice that you guys have that the the dual skill though to where you can pull out the audio file or just look at the mm. piece of paper. I'm envious of that. Uh, John, I wanted to talk about your your cello as well because it was an interesting way of playing the cello because we didn't or your cello wasn't miked during the performance because you had your 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 box that you were running through various effects on it. I actually yeah, I had um two uh two setups. I had a, a microphone on the cello itself, okay. 
And then I had a, a pickup going to effects as well. Oh, okay. So it was a blend of the two then. So yeah, it was kind of a blend of, the t- of both. S- yeah. And your cello was basically substituting for a bass in some areas. And I, and I like the way that you, <laughs> you chose to maneuver it in and out of that space. And on that, on top of the effects, I thought were really neat. Like when, how do you decide when to do that? Usually I let, I mean, I mean usually if Mike or Jordan will let me know if they need a bass. <laughs> oh, okay. that, was the, that was the snickering. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's nice to have a bass player. Yeah. It's, but it's better to have a cello I, I think, player. I, I think there, there's some times when I, I think that they're just hearing a bass <laughs> at a particular point or on a particular song right on. so yeah that, that's usually that's usually the sign is when i'm told to play bass okay <laughs> but uh but, but so that's how you make that decision but but <laughs> you just rely on somebody else to do it for you yeah there are there are times when i when i'll, I'll add like an act an octave below when i'm playing just for effect mm-hmm. uh, it's not strictly a, a bass sound right on so and what is that effects pedal that you have like your sound was very I, I liked it a lot. The sound that you had coming out of your cello. Did you, how long did it take you to make that, that signal chain and how much adjustment do you make during the performance or do you just click it on and you know that that's what you want? Um, I make quite a bit of changes throughout. Um, I actually, I have, I have some, some of the uh, guitar pedals are, are MIDI based. And so like I can actually control them with a foot switch and oh, have okay. pre, like pre- setting like uh, have it set up ahead of time and uh, like multiple pedals will change settings which is kind of cool um but yeah it took me a while to kind of come up with that setup um a few years i've been sort of just like putting pieces putting pieces in um yeah it it was really hard trying to figure out how to get guitar pedals to work with a cello but <laughs> but eventually i think i i, I think i figured it out over time yeah. well I, I suppose because the signal coming out of an electric guitar is usually so so low and some of those mics i suppose you have to get the right mic on yeah. the cello to get get a good signal in there because that would be kind of a nightmare i would imagine just just running an acoustic guitar through a signal chain can be kind of a mess Unless, because they make those pedals that are specifically for acoustic guitars because of the, of the way they sound. But yeah, yeah, you hack that. Nice work. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I thought I thought just overall the way that you guys presented your songs was was really great. And it was fun to to film that inside the theater. How long have you guys been playing together as a group? So well, we should probably mention that Jordan and Mike, you guys are brothers. So yes. you've probably been playing together for. A couple of a couple of years. We've never really been in a band together until this. Mm-hmm. We were kind of uh, separated by a few years. So when I was playing in bands in high school, Mike was already in college, and mm. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we played some chamber music together. But mm-hmm. uh, the band itself, I guess, it started when I met John at Pengillies at an open mic, and then I started playing with John as a cello player, and I was just like, hey, I play guitar and I write songs do you want to play? And then I'm like, Hey, I'm recording an album. Do you know, do you know anyone who has, who's a drummer? I have a drum kit. And then John was our first drummer as well. Um, So you'll play, you'll play bass lines when needed. And you'll also play drums if If, needed. Yeah. If needed. (laughs) But fortunately you have David to help help out on the drums. So John and I were playing together for a year 
or so, and then Mike moved to town, and then a year later, Dave moved to town, and yeah, so we, we've kind of been the quartet since 20, 2019 or oh, so, okay. and we never... Yeah, never really got like a a gig together as all four of us until after the pandemic or one of our live stream shows mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably the the it was probably a Facebook live stream show we did in like yeah. May of twenty twenty. Yeah. That was I think our first the first time of all four of us playing together. Oh right on. Yeah. How did, we, did you guys take care of that yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it um, was an adventure. Was, yeah, kind of a, a nightmare with the adventure. low bandwidth on the north end. I think it came across very, very choppy, but we had a video. We're 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 terrified of trying to do something yeah. live, even in this controlled environment that we set up, just because of that, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 balancing and then the the mm. the variability in the internet connection, and you just mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and the multiple camera angles obviously make it interesting. I was like looking at a board, and they make some cheap ones, and I'm like, what if it breaks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you have to like this this thing that's not quite right that you, and if you're a perfectionist, it makes it pretty mm-hmm. tough to like release it on the on the internet for sure but that's nice work for a four-piece jam a band to be releasing live stream material i mean that's pretty impressive and you guys did you guys mic it did you mic everything when you did that or yeah we, wow i we guess you, you can go or? on the facebook and see how it came across i don't remember it was pretty uh diy stuff back then i appreciate mm-hmm. you guys helping us out with this one mm. i can't wait to see the finished product because it's kind of just been us doing it on our own it's so nice. That, it's nice to have some other people that have spent some time in the the video realm to to assist in that stuff for sure. I mean, it's it's a learning curve like anything, though. You know, like mm-hmm. instruments and stuff. But like to just the thing is, like with music, there's there's so much more leeway than narrative film. I feel like because as long as people can hear the music, like they're going to be engaged because it's just adding an element. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you have, a, I'm just trying to like minimize your expectations of your video. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it turned out great. Um, and the the lighting in that situation was really cool, too. Oh, that was really fun. That's the first the time I think we've definitely played with any kind of lighting effects, unless mm-hmm. you count, know, like, you a count, sunset. You count the hive, remember that? Oh, Ooh, yeah. The that hive did have a... That was a fun show. Yeah, they, they had a lot of cool lights going. Yeah. So you guys have played at the hive then, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a live from the hive in last spring. Mm-hmm. March, mm-hmm. sometime. Right pocket, on. pocket of bones. Pocket of bones is our. Um, yeah. yeah, they split, split the, the bill. bill them. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys got together and started jamming, that was obviously before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I'm imagining that you were all able to stay productive in spite of all of that, for the most part. Yeah, because you got you got we, plenty we, of material. Yeah, mm-hmm. we recorded an album last year, last fall, and released oh. it. The Know Your Dragonfly. I, is it on Spotify? Yeah, I th- I swear I looked for it. I didn't find it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. I messed Maybe up. Maybe look harder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> your No, your dragonfly. Yeah. It's a six song EP, and we recorded that like okay. I did November hear that twenty twenty. Yeah. I think released it December twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the stuff from the video that we shot is part of a a newer, bigger project that's really mm-hmm. been kind of a pandemic thing mm-hmm. i guess that's where we've been productive the most mm-hmm. it's also on youtube you can check it out on youtube okay mm-hmm. right on do you guys have a channel we oh. have a channel for the videos but Octiflame. we have someone some distributor made a channel for us or something i don't know we're on there oh is it yeah you it's all on the same all the even the live shows they're all on the same channel so oh yeah right on mm-hmm. so Google look it. up 
Optifland on yes. YouTube, mm-hmm. and you can see yeah. some live videos. And then obviously we'll have the Treasure Valley Live yeah. coming up as it's well. It's all one word. It's not two words. That's a different Optifland. <laughs> so this <laughs> combine it. Don't yeah. put any spaces. <laughs> Don't press the space key. Don't hit the space bar. So are you guys gonna be? You're gonna be releasing an album then again soon because you're talking about going to the studio. We're gonna start recording. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then kind of see how it goes. You don't have like a deadline of when you want to have it finished. I don't um, think I don't think there's a release specific release date in mind. <laughs> I think there's like a time frame that would be cool, but mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot really a lot of work to do before oh, yeah. setting up like an actual date of when it'll be when it'll be done. So are you guys bombing into a studio like getting some space then or are you going to try to record as much as you can in on your own or I think that, that second option first. Do a mm-hmm. lot of good demos together first and then go into a studio cuz like studio time is expensive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. I'd rather like learn all the songs before going into a studio instead of like paying someone to record me practicing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) that can get expensive. Uh, (laughs) Add on to the bill. (laughs) That's for sure. So is this going to be full album then that you release? Oh, it's going to be full. Cool. Yeah. Like 10, 12 tracks. And is it going to be, is it going to have a theme through it about the pandemic? Yeah. mm. Your lyrics are very heady. So I'm kind of excited to. Yeah, I guess you want to. Talk about this new project we're working on. Mike? Yeah, yeah. So um, if it needs to remain behind the veil, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, it's fine. It's because it's kind of about like where where it started with our compositional approach. Um, like the the very first song that we're kind of slating to put on the album was written like two or three years ago. The second song was written right at the beginning of the pandemic, and the third one is six years old. That's just been kind that's of like my oldest song. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's been rewritten so many times mm. and re-recorded. So many times. Yeah, and so Never there's a finished. lot of like new new stuff and, and old stuff and half finished stuff that's kind of stuck to a narrative of like this um this cycle of life. And not not like a cycle of life like in the, the Lion King kind of kind of way, you know, like the circle of life on a savannah or anything, but like okay. more like the existential cycle. You're not gonna have of a, a, uh, an Elton John cover in there. <laughs> well, if Elton, if you're listening, <laughs> we we fully invite you to our project. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but it's more like a, a cycle of of a of a soul going through a series of different lives with different people and different combinations of events and then finally reaching a point of enlightenment and release at the end. And like uh, Jordan said, it's kind of based on some stuff we've been reading. There's this uh, Italian author named Italo Calvino who wrote a couple of really, really cool books called Invisible Cities and Cosmocomics that are just about kind of like really heady sci-fi existential crises of life like mm-hmm. what what is it what does it mean to be alive what does it mean to very be very comical dead? and farce but and yeah and they're wrapped up in this kind of tongue-in-cheek like comedy mm-hmm. about just the the existence mm-hmm. of of a human life oh right on so buddhist ish maybe well no i guess that's not a buddhist but I, I just that's the first thing that popped into my head is like reincarnation yeah sure absolutely There'll yeah be moments of repose in it for sure yeah, definitely, uh, I, I guess, Buddhist in the sense of, like, reincarnation, but not in the sense of any, like, culturalness. Like, there's no there's no mantras or poses or, or anything in it, but definitely the idea of, of a soul being reincarnated, hmm. you know, which to me makes a lot of sense from, like, a scientific standpoint, you know, because, like, matter is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes forms. So I guess, like, that that's kind of where, like, the, the Buddhist connection comes with just the reincarnation idea. 
Right on. Do you solve the problem of consciousness then during this album? Or are you still working on that before the release? <laughs> We've solved it. It's, okay. It's good. <laughs> but you have to listen to the album yes. for the answer. <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds awesome. Uh, I really like the fact that you are going into an album with a theme and an idea. Um, and, a, and I'm guessing a through line as far as how you want that to work. Is it going to be like... Or have you kind of picked the musical crescendos and decrescendos between the tracks? That Basically, you wanna... yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, we just have to write the interior material, right? Orchestrate mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it wasn't so much going in with a grand plan of more just like opening up that drawer of compositions mm -hmm. and saying, what sounds good? And they kind this? of came from each other in a yeah. way. A lot of them, the melodies automatically were, you know, lyrics that were going to be in one tune that ended up in the other, at least for the ones that, you know, I was writing and mm -hmm. taking influence from um, from your work as well. Yep. It's kind of like we got to the end and realized there was a trail of breadcrumbs that yeah. we had accidentally left. Mm -hmm. And so now we're writing about the breadcrumbs that took us through the forest. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's really impressive. I'm excited to hear this thing when it comes out mm -hmm. for sure. So if you could hurry up, that'd be great. Because also the <laughs> consciousness question. <laughs> that's been bothering me since I don't know I became conscious at the age of like two <laughs> I think it's two I don't know you guys will have to tell me <laughs> oh yeah Maybe. when your soul enters your body yeah. or whatever <laughs> let, let me know <laughs> conception okay we don't have to go down there <laughs> anyway so uh, I didn't I didn't uh, bother you David about about your drum playing mm -hmm. yet but <laughs> I just so you know I was really impressed with it very solid very solid beats um Thanks. When when do you decide? Do you do you get some freedom to to roam as far as like picking it up and then letting it uh, letting it calm down a little bit, or or do, do the Harris brothers kind of tighten the screws on you and tell you what to do? There, there's a little bit of um, <laughs> there's a little bit of back and forth. Yeah, so <laughs> there's a lot of cooks it, in the kitchen. So. Yeah, it really it really depends on um, like I might throw in like uh, some kind of a beat and it might work mm -hmm. in my mind. But, Got it. <laughs> or it might really not work. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it's as simple as we want you to do a, a roll on the snare drum or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little bit of, there's some collaboration involved. Right on. Yeah. That's, I, I do like how all of it, you all kind of ebbed and flowed between each other on those four tracks that you played. Mm -hmm. um, and then the horns were great, or the horn and the, the woodwind was an awesome addition. Yeah, you can't go without them. Yeah. Got to have them. <laughs> Super important. I mean, if you have somebody that in the band that can play those instruments, you you need to use it. Mm -hmm. I remember I was in a band in high school where we had a, a, a trumpet player and a saxophone player, and we just had to shoehorn something in there. And then, like, th the, one played drums uh, and the other one played guitar, so obviously the guitar was okay, you know. But then, like, the drummer, we just, like, threw the other guy on the drums. <laughs> 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 that wasn't, like, the best decision, but, you know, yep. in high school. Dave, Dave like, is the third drummer in Optiflin because John was the original one, and for mm -hmm. a hot minute, I was a drummer. Oh, yes. Which was a terrible mistake, so yeah. I'm very glad that, that Dave <laughs> came along in the project. <laughs> Dr drums is, yeah, it's not as, like... As simple as like a bass guitar. I don't know why I'm picking up bass guitar, but I feel like <laughs> like if you can get the basics down on a bass guitar, you're more or less going to be, you know, okay. You can kind of like bury it, like hold this note for a while, just like thump it every quarter mm -hmm. beat. But like, the, yeah, the drums, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there to unpack. So good for, good on you for the attempt. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. I think I think when I did play no drums, choice. there was like a, a tom and a hi hat involved, and that was that was about the extent of the drums. The drums because I was also trying to play clarinet while playing a hi hat. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, you're a pro. You should be able to do this. That's right? impressive. It had varying degrees of success. <laughs> so you were doing the, you were doing the one handed drum thing, and then the other yep. hand was busy. Dang, one one footed drums. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Your next step was to go play inside of an airport as a, a one-man band. Exactly. <laughs> I saw a guy in the Seattle airport one time that was really, really impressive. He had this drum set where he had uh, he had his he had his toes, um, he had his toes, his his knees, and his and his heels hooked up to like different drums. It was like six mm. pieces, and so he was like like tapping all mm. over the place. I'm like, oh my gosh! And then like playing guitar and singing, obviously oh. at the same time. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed with him. I haven't seen him since the Seattle airport. I, I haven't been back, but <laughs> <laughs> I know that he plays there. <laughs> there it is. We'll just go look him up then. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying, maybe if you had more strings. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> next time. Next time, if you need. I've to seen like guitar multiple. players do that one man band thing where they had they had a lot of stuff hooked onto their legs. Mm -hmm. and then I also saw this guy in Italy who had stuff hooked onto his guitar, and he had like a string around like the tuning pegs. Mm. And he had, and if he like pulled it one way, it did one instrument. If he pulled it a different way, he had another instrument. You know, things attached to his like pinkies. Wow. It was wild. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. In Italy, huh? Which city? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the boot. <laughs> Somewhere in the boot. Yes. Right on. Did you study music in Italy? I'm just guessing. No, no, no. You just you just went there to visit. Oh no! I saw I saw this on YouTube. I'm sorry. Oh, this is 2021. YouTube. This is yeah. Oh, okay. These are all things I see in my mind or on YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Google Street <laughs> Street View. I found them there. Right on. Well, hey, I thank you all. It's already been 25 minutes. Thank you all for coming in and chatting. Um, you'll be able to watch if you go to the Lower Gentry Studios YouTube channel. You'll be able to see their live performance which we really enjoyed filming because it was the first time we were able to film inside of a theater location with some cool lighting. And uh, so go check that out because by the time this this broadcast, it'll be at least, well, it might be up. It might be a week out, but checked on Lower Gentry Studios. And thanks you all for coming in. Do you have a, uh, anything else that you want? You have a YouTube channel? Anything else that you want to tell people to go look out your music? Yeah, just check out Optiflin on YouTube or Bandcamp or Spotify. All streaming services. We have a Facebook and... You have an Instagram? I'll try, try Instagram. I'm working on the Instagram. It's it's yeah. on its way. <laughs> yeah, so Optiflin is one word, O-P-T-I-F-L-Y-N-N. -N. And then we got two albums out there. One of them is called Know Your Dragonfly. And then there's an older project called Window Seat Reflections. Oh, yeah. You can find that on Bandcamp. But all streaming services. Sweet. Yeah. I'll put a link in the description for right. everybody, too. Right on. Well, thank you all for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Thank you for listening to Treasure Valley Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please talk about it incessantly to those around you. Anyone who will listen because podcasts are spread via word of mouth. 